there a special today or no? Is that no, next week? Oh, okay. I don't know. Just the pastor. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, grab your Bibles. Hold them up. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be what it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. I know we, we do that every Sunday morning. I don't want it to become some religious rhetoric. I want it to really be a prayer, a thought, a pleading with God. Listen, listen. <laughs> God gave me something Wednesday night, and I, like you know, Lord, they're not ready for it. I didn't sleep. I haven't slept since. Because, listen, Listen, if we don't get this, John chapter number six, and many of his disciples left him. Jesus turns and looks at the 12 or the 11. Says, are you going to leave me also? All because he gave an illustration. And listen, we're going to look at the end, Paul giving us an illustration. And all the disciples, all those followers of Jesus, remember, he had the, the, the 3,000 men, so 12,000 people, the 5,000 men, so 20,000 people, 25,000 people. Listen, Josephus estimates that Jesus had almost 100,000 followers. Think about that for a second. Everybody talks about Joel Olstein with the biggest church. Listen, Jesus had a bigger church. And he makes one statement. as an illustration and they didn't understand and the Bible says John 6 66 they left him they they got so mad at him that it was at that moment that they decided they were going to kill him all because they didn't they took the illustration and missed the context of what he was saying. Listen, if we miss it this morning, I know it's what the Lord wants me to say, but listen, if we don't understand and we don't grasp and we get caught up on the illustration that Paul's using, that really shouldn't be a big deal. And in our society, we've made it a big deal. It's going to be rough. We're good, summing up simplicity. And Paul uses this illustration to show us how simple the Christian life should be. But to review, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things? Well, the things that, what we're going to eat, what we're going to close, the, how we're going to pay our bills. All of the things that we worry about. Does so-and-so like me? Do I look good in this outfit? Do I, uh, you know, am I going to have pizza? or All of those things that we seem to worry about. Paul says, don't worry. Or Jesus says, don't worry about them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of that will take care of itself. Jesus is saying, listen, we need to simplify our life. We said last week that simplicity is another word for purity. We don't like that word, though. 
purity all the time because it comes with a certain context. Simplicity, purity is an inward spirit of trust. Do we trust God enough? God, I, I, I trust you. Everything else is going to take care of itself. I trust you. I'm just going to do what you ask me to do. Yesterday we were at the men's meeting and they, uh, they were talking about they, they're going into the Canaan and they didn't drive out everybody. Listen, Canaan is, isn't perfection. There was still battles. There was still sin. But it's, it's a picture of the victorious Christian life. Listen, the victorious Christian life it's a call to simplicity. And it's to place our allegiance and devotion in the hands of someone other than ourselves. Listen, God, listen, salvation. I've done messed up my life. God, you come mess, unmess it up. The same thing you had to do not that we ever lose our salvation, but the same thing you do to get salvation is the same thing you got to do to have a victorious Christian life. Listen, I done, if I take control of this, it's going to get messy. I'm going to mess it up. So I'm going to let you take care of it. I saw, it was been a few weeks ago. I, I see it off and on maybe months ago. <laughs> Something, this, our, our world has gotten to the place where, Lord, I got to let you take care of it. Because if I take care of it, someone's going to get hurt. I'm going to end up in jail, the lady says. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you take care of it. Listen, how do we, how do we get to the place of simplicity? Well, it's through an inward prompting. Listen, you've got to, that's what you've got to make sure you got the Holy Ghost. Listen, there are just some things that you know. And it's an inward prompting. It's always affirmed by his by his church. I'm not I'm not talking about a religious organization or a denomination or a convention or a fellowship or anything. I'm talking about his church. Jesus said, "Upon this rock, I will build my church," and it's always aligns. With scripture. If it doesn't have those three things, if it's not prompted by God, the Holy Spirit Himself, if it's not affirmed by His church, and you can't find it in Scripture, then it's just going to lead to confusion. It's going to lead to clutter, and it's not pure. Worry is a Natural response to those things which are out of our control. So we're talking about purity and we're talking using this illustration in God's word. Listen, do you realize? You say, Pastor, how do you know which Bible to use? There's a lot of Bibles that tell us, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Do you know that the King James doesn't say don't worry? Worry isn't necessarily a sin. Worry is just our default action. Now it can lead us 
into sin. Those verses it says, in just about every other version, don't worry. In, in God's word, it says, says, be careful for that. Listen, when you know you can go with boldness, don't worry. Don't worry what people think about you. Listen, okay. I'll sum it up for you real quick. When it comes to the world, they have two thoughts. Either they ain't thinking about you anyway or they don't like you. So don't worry about it. Both, that's, that's, that's the extent of what the world is doing when it comes to Christ. They ain't thinking about it, or they don't like it. So don't worry about it. Those, those are the only two options. So Jesus says, don't worry about it. Don't be concerned about it. Don't be careful about it. Go do what I tell you to do. But worry is our default action when things are out of our control. Paul says we're called to put the natural man to death. We shouldn't that while that should be the that while that is the default setting of humanity, it should not be the default setting of Christianity. The Bible says all things become new. That's even our default setting. Our default reaction. I've been, <laughs> listen, I told you this a few weeks ago. Anywhere between 12 to 21 times of doing the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. Before you reset and you begin a new pattern and your default setting changes. Listen, that means you, if, if you don't have a habit of doing something, and you're going to use the illustration, if you don't have a habit of coming to Wednesday night prayer meeting, the 21 time of, of, you know what, I'm tired, I had to work all day, I don't want to go. My default setting says I'm going to sit at my lazy boy, and I'm going to turn on the TV, and I'm going to watch the news, and I'm going to fall asleep. That's my default setting. It's going to take 21 times. That's basically half a year before it resets itself. I'm saying it's going to be easy. We simplify our life. Just do what God wants you to do. Simplicity is a call to place our trust in Jesus and his kingdom. We say it. God can take care of it. Really? We say it. We don't believe it. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because our actions speak louder than our words. Well, God will take care of it. Well, we've got to give someone a piece of our mind. Why? Listen, I, I fall into it all, all the time, too. Because we really don't think God can. Well, they got to set them straight. <laughs> We've all heard it. Don't give anybody a piece of your mind, okay? 
You, you can't afford. I know I can't afford any less of a mind. I need all the intelligence I can get. You're not going to set him straight. You ain't straight. Because ain't none of us arrived yet. Just let God. And it, it's, it just simplifies our life. Look at Luke chapter number 12. starting in verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. If then God so clotheth the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O oh, ye of little faith. Justice is carrying around his mustard seed. He's still got in his bag. Listen, that, that can move a... That, you, you say that that really can move a mountain. That's what God says. No matter what I say, what I think. God says that that little thing that he's carrying around in his bag, if you really think it can move a mountain, it can move a mountain. I don't know about you, but I, never in the history... Have I ever known a mountain to be moved? Listen, there's, there's a lot of things that have been done for God through faith, but not one time have I ever heard of a mountain moving. Think about that for a second. Oh, ye of little faith. Listen, we can do a lot of things, but how little our faith really is that accomplishes that that's been accomplished. Praying down millions of, of dollars for, for an orphanage. That's less than a mustard seed of faith. Think about it. Spurgeon said the, the world has yet to see someone who is completely sold out, devoted 100% to God. When he was a young man, he said, my goal is to be that man. And when he died, he says, the world has yet to see. Listen. What can be accomplished if we have the faith of a mustard seed? Because there's a lot of things that have been accomplished by faith. But it has yet to get to the size of mustard seed. Oh, ye of little faith, seek ye ye not what ye shall eat, what you shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. Don't worry. For all things, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. 
All these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approach, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Simplicity. It's been a while since I said it, so I'll bring it up. Listen, we make the Christian life a whole lot harder than it ever has to be. You get up, read your Bible, you say, Lord, help me do the best I can. You go through your day doing the best you can. Lord, forgive me. I did, I, I, I messed up. It wasn't a big mess up. It wasn't a bad mess up. Most of the world probably wouldn't even consider it. It, and my fellow Christians probably don't even know about it, but I know that I messed up. Forgive me. Help me to do better tomorrow. You get up and read your Bible, say, Lord, help me do better. Go about your day doing the best you can. It's simple. I didn't say it was easy. Listen, there's a difference between easy and simple. So many times we get so involved living our life. We living the Christian life. Trying again, that magic checklist. We gotta live it, we gotta live it, we gotta live it, gotta live it, gotta live it, gotta live it. We don't enjoy it. First year we went to Ocean City. Listen, it's a stupid illustration, but it gets to the point of Christ. First time we went to Ocean City, I was taking pictures of, of everything. Kids are having fun and taking pictures. They got, you know, set in the giant chair, take a picture of that. And, and, and I was like, I was always on my phone. I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I was just always on my phone. Didn't. So the next year I decided I'm not going to be on my phone, but I carried my phone with me. Text messages, alert goes off, I check my phone. Next year I. I I'm like, I'm just going to turn my phone off. I have it on vibrate. I, said, I realize that emergency might happen at church and someone needs to get a hold of me. But listen, I don't, I don't really have any pictures from the last time we went to Ocean City. But like, look, Kendrill does the pictures. Why we get simplified it? Made it a whole lot more enjoyable. Listen, we need to remember that the Christian life is not to be confined to the church. But that everywhere I am, it's there. I remember, this is when I was a kid. And I know that there was no maliciousness. I, I, I know the intent of which it was said, but what was said was how we live our life. My mom had a ladies' meeting for the ladies at church, so they all came over. I don't know why me and dad had to hide in the basement or something. But the, one of the 
ladies stepped in. What I mean, been saved her whole life, whatever. And I know there was no maliciousness in what she said, but she's like, okay, ladies, this isn't church. You can leave your Christianity at the door. And and I know what she meant. Don't the 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 stiffness, the ritualness that many times come with church. I said we're we're supposed to have fun, right? This is a ladies' meeting. It says it. Listen, you, you. Too many times we, that's how we honestly live our lives. Is we leave our Christianity at the door. We walk out those back doors and there's a back. There's a whole bunch of backpacks sitting back there. You pick it up when you walk through the doors and you drop it off when you leave. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you leave your Christianity at the door. So that's not a simple life. We have to live a Christian life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Here's the, hopefully you're awake because here it comes. If you don't, if you don't grasp this, the people are going to not tell me it was a good sermon. First Corinthians chapter number eleven. It'd be helpful if I get to First Corinthians. I'm in Second Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter number eleven. Verse number 14. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him? If a woman have long hair, it's a glory to her, for her hair is given for her covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Paul gives us an illustration. Doesn't even nature. Our natural default setting. So it shouldn't be a big deal. Shouldn't be a big deal. Men are supposed to look like men. Women are supposed to look like women. That's what he's saying. He, and he uses the illustration of heroin. And in our society, we get so upset as Christians. Man's got long hair. Listen, did, did you see what? Yeah, yeah, naturally. Just common sense, okay? Yes. But do you realize it's just as wrong for a woman to have short hair as it is for a man to have long hair? Oh, we, we don't like that, though, do we? Why? The next verse. If this causes contention, if this causes a problem, why? Because you're missing the point, and we're going to get to the point in a second. We don't have such a custom. What's a custom? How many of you have? My wife, shortly after we got here, well, Joelle got out of the booster seat and she needed a place to sit and she didn't think it was wise. I, I enjoy high tables. I don't know how you do, but 
Kinder didn't think it was wise for a little kid to be sitting up that high. So she went and got a custom-made dining room table. Custom. The way that she wanted it. Her preferences. Her style. Custom. The way that she thinks that it should be. That's, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Paul says, listen, if this, if the fact that you're taking the illustration, that should be no big deal. Because common sense should tell you this. And if you're going to make a mountain out of a molehill, <coughs> we don't have such custom. We you listen, this is you simplify your life. Here it is. Are you ready? We're gonna break down the last two Sundays in one statement, and then I'm gonna tell you the importance of of why we shouldn't look at the illustration and miss the context. Here, here it is. God's saints are more important than our standards. People are more important than preferences. That's what Paul's saying. You want, you want to simplify your life? Lord, what, I, what I'm getting ready to do, is this going to help someone? Or is it, going to, is it what I want to do? And it's just going to make me look good. And it's going to make me feel better. Is it going to help someone else grow? Come closer to you? Or is it going to knock them down? Is it going to make them feel bad? Is it going to... Bump me up the ladder. Paul says, listen, if, if it's going to cause issues, if it's going to cause problems, if it's going to cause things, we don't, you, you don't get your way because, listen, God's saints are more important than your preferences. You want to live the simple life? Make sure that you put people before preferences. You say, why is that so important? Because the, 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 the rest of the verse, guess what? Guess what Paul leads into? He leads into the Lord's Supper. And time where the church gets close. Listen, if, if so-and-so is fighting over so-and-so over a preference, guess what? Church isn't close. Church isn't ready for the Lord's Supper. If you're putting your preferences over people. If you're putting your standards over saints, you're not ready. And if you're not ready, the church, we're one. We're one body. We're not ready. We get so caught up in things. Yes. Nature itself. Common sense. Paul's saying, listen, it shouldn't be a big deal. And yet 2,000 years later, we've made it into a big deal. Listen. But if, if it's going to cause a problem, because people, the church, <laughs> the world doesn't care about you, and if it does care about you, it doesn't like you. And you've got to carry that burden with you. It shouldn't be a burden. Take my yoke upon you. Put it on Christ. Listen. You come here, you should know that people love and care about you. 
No matter what you look like. No matter what you do. No, no, that's, that's what Paul is saying. We're, we're out, listen, we're, we're called to stand and we're called to fight and we're called to do those things out there. We ain't called to do them in here. This is, this is, we get to breathe for a second. Get to catch our breath. We get to regroup. We get to be re-energized so, what, so we can go attack again. Simple. And yet we make life, we make the Christian life a whole lot harder because we're constantly worried about what so-and-so thinks. Constantly worried about what we think about so-and-so. Why don't you, let's see, if you're that worried about it, what does it say in Matthew? Before you take the mode out of your brother's eye, go make sure you don't have a beam in your own eye, but why don't you pray for him? I will I I I won't tell you everything because you don't need to know everything. But listen, the, the, the Christian as individuals we grow in different areas and at different speeds. Do you know how hard that is? When the Lord gives your spouse something that he doesn't give you. That can cause a little bit of stress and a little bit of contention. And, I, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything. But for years the Lord gave me something that he didn't give to me. For years. close to 10 years. She came to me the other day and she asked me something and said something and I'm like, I've, I've, been, I've been praying for 10 years, Lord. I don't, I don't want her to be like me. And if it's not for her, that's fine. But I want her to be like you. I've, listen, there were, there were times in our house where, what? Because he gave me something that I... I couldn't give her. It was for me. For whatever reason, we grow at different paces and at different things. And listen, and I'm, and I'm not, she's, overall, she's far more spiritual than I am. I'm not trying to lift myself up in any way. I just pray, Lord, help me, help her, help her to follow you, to help her not to follow me. Help me to follow you. Listen, and in the midst of that, we're both trying to follow God, and you eventually got to the same place. It takes years. It took, it took us years. And it was not a big deal. It's some probably, I mean, nothing, nothing big. It's just irritation. That's what he's saying. Don't let our preferences. Don't put them. Listen, we, we all have them. And we should have them. Listen, if you don't, I, you heard me say, everybody's got standards. If nobody had standards, we'd all be running around naked, even the lost people. Okay, we all have standards, and it's fine that we all have standards. We should have standards. Make sure that they're based in Scripture. But you can't put standards above saints. 
Because when you do, you're complicating the Christian life. Jesus came to seek and to save. Do you remember me making the statement, why in the world did the publicans and the prostitutes and the robbers, the murderers, go down through the list of the people that had meals with Jesus in the New Testament. They didn't have very good standing. Why did they enjoy? Why did they why would they want to go eat with a perfect, holy, just, pure, divine being? And yet they did. They loved being around Jesus. Not one time did Jesus ever lower his standards. He didn't sin. I'm not talking about lowering your standards. But what did he do? He just simply said that people are more important than preferences. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto him. Listen, if get people to Jesus, Jesus can take care of it. I can't help you. I can help you get to Jesus, but that's all I can do. I can't help you. I can't even help myself. I just know that I can get to Jesus. I, the only difference between a saved person and a lost person is this. They know how to get to Jesus. A lost person doesn't. They know that Jesus is the only one that can help them. And we're called as Christians to help people get to the person that can help them. That's it. You can't help anybody. I can't help anybody. Can't even help myself. But because I've gotten help, I can help you get to the person that can get you to help me. And whether or not they ever get the same standard that's based on Scripture, because it's common sense. That's set up to me. All I can do is pray. Lord, show them. Help them become like you. Help them. It might take 10 years. It might take longer. But the only power we have as Christians is the power of influence. That's all we got. Help us. Help us. Lord, to help others. That's all we can do. I realize it's easier said than done. If you have a a personality like mine, I just want (laughs) to slap people upside the head and say, don't listen. Slap them with the Bible. Don't you see it? It's right there in black and white. How arrogant, how stupid, how not nice words. It's right there. But listen. The Holy Spirit's the one that's got to show them. Because you, you know what? I guarantee you, each and every one of you can look at me and say, man, I just want to slap him with the Bible. Doesn't he see it? I mean, it's black and white. 
I'm not perfect either. Why doesn't he see it? Pastor's so stupid. Why doesn't he see it? All you can do is, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. That's putting saints before standards. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. It's the simplicity of the Christian life. Let God take care of everything. Whether it be our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our emotional connections, whatever it is. Lord, you, you can't do it, I can't. If I do it, someone's going to end up in trouble. Easier said than done. I understand that. That's why, aren't you glad you got an all-powerful God that can do it? Well, yesterday, as a men's sin, mean, rotten, I, I, I don't know, they got just given the testimony. Wow. Brother Cole, do you remember how long they said it took 40 years or something for the guy to get saved? Forever. What? Can you imagine living next to somebody for 40 years that's just like that? Why do you think they finally got saved? Because the person that was saved that was next to them put people above their preferences. I hear, hear deep, there was lots of times because a lot of times people get angry and vindictive before they get saved. Because they, they're under conviction and they don't like it. So then they're like, you. You're the one that brought this into my life. And they can get really mad at you. But they always put a person above a preference. It took 40 years. That's the successful Christian life. Simplicity. Just do what God wants you to do. Put people above everything else. They'll know that you're my disciples if you what? Love one another. Don't tell me you love your brother if you don't love me, though. We can't love anybody before we love God. All centers around. Like in purity, one ingredient. Right? Pure water is just water. Simply orange juice. It's pure. It's just orange juice. All centers around one thing. And the Christian life always centers around one thing. Simple, pure, always has to center around Jesus. And if we do that, will be a success. Let's pray, Lord. We come before you this morning. Lord, I just pray that that was a blessing or hopefully it was clear where we just need to center around you. People don't do what we think they should do. We got to let you take care of it. But I don't know how I'm going to give to the church and 
pay my bills. I just got to let you take care of it. Just let go. Let God. Simple, cute little phrase. Really, really hard to do when the rubber meets the road. Simple, but not easy. Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us would do our best to live the simple Christian life. Help each and every one of us to help other Christians. Help those of us, brothers and sisters in Christ, help us to help them live the simple Christian life. Doesn't mean that we're always going to like or what each other is doing. It doesn't mean we always are going to agree what the other person's doing. But what it does mean is we're putting saved people, your saints, above our preferences. We still have ours, we still keep ours, we still love ours. We just realize that people Listen, you you didn't die for a preference. You didn't die for a standard. You didn't die for a conviction. You didn't die for a belief. You divide, died for people. We always talk about in churches, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Well, the main thing is people. Loving people. Helping people through. Yet we're going to have hard, awkward conversations. We might, might say things that people don't like. Hopefully, we say it as much kindness as we can. Guarantee that we back it up with Scripture. Because then it's you saying it through us and not just us saying it. And if they don't like it, that dusted off our feet. We did everything that we can as long as we do it in love, in kindness. Listen, I have no idea how the Lord spoke to you this morning, but if you need to come and do business with him, the altar's open while she plays.